0: Welcome to the Chris Getz era edition of Share Sox. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent Will. Uh, (laughs) On the day that Chris Getz was officially announced as the White Sox senior vice president, at the age of forty, and general manager, Uh, I don't. Will I don't know if out, out in Los Angeles you've been following the. Comments that have followed this, I I was coming in, uh, I was going grocery shopping this morning, so listening in the car of the score, and they were excoriating uh, the White Sox. I mean, we knew it was coming, but even knowing it was coming and then having it happen, it's just it's an incredibly bad thing. But first, before we get way into that, let's talk about the waiver wire because this is waiver deadline day, and we know what happened. to yep. all the White Sox players or ex-players involved. Very interesting that Lucas Giolito and Renato Lopez, as well as Matt Moore, left-handed reliever from uh, Angels, got picked up by Cleveland. You know, a long time ago, and I think we agreed, we're saying Cleveland's going to take the division. No question. Cleveland's got this. And meanwhile, they have stunk, and Minnesota has not quite stunk. And so uh, they've had the lead. But I'm coming back. Guardians are five games back. Yeah, G. has been really bad out in Los Angeles, but he's not a bad pitcher and there's nobody better at dealing with pitchers than Cleveland. Uh sure. if there's a problem that can be handled, and there's nobody worse than the Angels. So if there's if there's a problem that can be corrected with with some advice, he's gonna get it in Cleveland. Uh has been very good. Moore's been very good. So they're yeah, improving, they're pitching it's definitely a sign that Cleveland
1: is going to try to win this thing. Uh, I don't know well, why you wouldn't try to win this thing.
0: You're only five games back, and nobody's and good. Besides these guys, I checked it out after they picked up these guys. Bieber, McKenzie, both due back in mid-September. Quantrill, due back tonight. We are, we're recording on Thursday, the day of Chris gets stuff August 31st. So all of a sudden, it's back to Cleveland's got one hell of a pitching staff, baby. instead of Cleveland's trying to make do with four rookies. Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: I, I mean you, they may regret they got, that they let Bell go. You still got the whole month of September. So we're, we are by no means at the end of this thing yet, especially in the, in the bad divisions. Uh, it's kind of a bummer that the White Sox will not play Cleveland again. Uh, for the rest of the season. I was looking forward to Giolito's uh, return to, you know, see him see him pitch uh, against the White Sox. But that's not going to happen. Um, Cleveland, I, I definitely can't rule them out as the division winners. They are going to play three against Minnesota uh, next week, which will be very, very interesting. Uh, they have a, kind of a tough schedule. They're going to play Tampa Bay. Then they got Minnesota. They have a much then, tougher
0: schedule than the Twins do. Definitely, yeah, the Twins they, have a, have a soft one. They got to the
1: go to San Francisco. They got to play Texas. They got to play Baltimore. They got to play Cincinnati. But that's a that's a pretty brutal month facing a lot of teams that still have something to play for. I mean, those are. Those are all teams that are actually fighting to win divisions or get to playoff spots. Uh, even Baltimore, you know, who's looking good in the East still has a lot of time that they have to hold Tampa that. Tampa Bay is Tampa and, Bay, Tampa's right, right there. And uh, when it comes to Texas, they are in a very heated battle for their division now, which I didn't really see coming. It seemed like they had run away from it, but Seattle the hottest thing on the planet. Uh, and so, It's going to be really interesting. I mean, Cleveland, if Cleveland was going to take a run at this and actually try to win this division, they had to do something. They had to make a move. I think this was kind of a
0: gift that fell in their lap
1: in a lot of ways, uh, just based on their waiver wire placement and not having to give anything
0: up. They were were the very first team with any possibility of a a playoff position to get a choice at, at the waiver wire. They, Correct. They're blow they They're the only below five hundred teams. So boom, they got they got a choice of everybody. And, but I and read very
1: very few predictions that Cleveland was going to move on any of these guys. Everybody was talking about the Reds, the Guardians. Um, you know, even to Reds went for outfielders. Center. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't know what the Reds are thinking. I think the Reds are pretty much done. They've been a lot of fun to watch, but I, I do think that they are really at the end They're It's going to be a, a heated run to the finish line between the Brewers and Cubs in the NL central, which I didn't see that coming with the Cubs. Uh, I'm sure the Cubs would have liked for one or two of these guys to fall all the way down to them. But you know, the, the downside of being good is your last year later in the waiver wire. Uh, I think it was a really interesting move for Cleveland to pick up both of these guys. As you said, Giolito is not a bad pitcher. And if Cleveland's going to make a run at this, what were they going to need? They were going to need a little extra pitching help and they were going to need some of these guys to come back. And
0: now they are looking like they're going to come back. Particularly picking up the two relievers because you got uh, Tristan McKenzie and and Bieber are both off the 60 day. So they're only going to be pitching. You know, they're not going to be throwing hundred some pitches. They're, they're going to be probably be under 80 for their first two or three times around. So you're going to need more reliefs. So I, I think it's a really smart move. I thought they were incredibly stupid at the deadline, but they've kind of made up for it here. I'm going to a Cincinnati game a week from Friday. Oh, uh, nice. Going down, going down to Cincinnati because your niece's birthday is coming up. Congrats. And, uh, your, your sister got me, uh, and the rest of us, uh, tickets to the Friday night game. With the Reds, red, so that'll be fun.
1: Reds and
0: the. Do I remember who they're playing. No. No. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Great. Yeah. Great. That that's all right. Um. Well, that'll be cool. Yes, I've been told, you know, not to go off on too much of a family thing here, but uh, my sister did text me that our niece and nephew have been strangely leaning towards Cardinals fandom lately, which I don't even Cardinals? know. I don't even know how they know about the Cardinals. Uh, but I believe uh, my niece said that she is a Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, and White Sox fan. Uh, so I don't know what we need to do to intervene, if you need an actual like intervention, uh, what we need to do to sit down your daughter, my sister, because I, I don't understand this Cardinals thing at all. And this isn't even <laughs> a year where it's cool to be a Cardinals fan. This is actually the worst no. year. That's like being a White I've Sox fan. <laughs> Yeah. Well, not that bad. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not good. So, you know, when you go to that Redskin hopefully they're not playing the Cardinals or you're you're in real trouble because then she's going to have a, a lot to to cheer for uh, it. Oh, they are playing the Cardinals. So, wow. wow. That's oh, gonna be, be interesting. Be
0: now, 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 her brother, your brother, is is who started football. We'll, we'll do all family stuff here today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's socks, sharing dress. socks, you know. But he's he's gone over to the Reds, which makes sense. You know, if you live yeah, in Cincinnati, yeah, they live in Cincinnati.
1: Um, and I'm sure he's which, incidentally, an, an avid I, I listener. Should bring this,
0: I should bring this up because you, you'd forget about it otherwise. Cincinnati has a really, really good NFL team. Are you sure. a fan of an NFL team? I am not
1: a fan of an NFL team. I'm not. I'm you not an anti-tent your
0: favorite team's week one game. <laughs> <laughs> You're well, in would. <laughs> because fans First sports network is giving away four four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice, up to five thousand dollars, which is a heck of a set of tickets. The rules are simple. You go to contest dot fans first sports one word dot com what did you get that i got that contest, contest dot fans first sports got fans first sports dot com sports.com. all all lowercase and one word in there now you just fill out the appropriate information not the inappropriate we do not ask for inappropriate from anybody the appropriate information once you've done that you have been officially registered to win four free tickets to any week one nfl game and the deadline is coming up on Monday. So don't mess around. Well, I know
1: right? I've thrown this out there before uh, that, you know, I'd be willing to attend uh, a game with the winner. And since I don't really have a full NFL fandom, if you win the contest and decide that I'm going to be one of your four people to go to the game, I will be a fan of whatever team you choose for the rest of my life. I'm going to offer up the rest of my life fandom. To the NFL of team life. of your choice, I am sweetening that pot. You can make me go to a an Arizona Cardinals game, and I will have to become an Arizona Cardinals fan. You could make me go to a Cleveland Browns game. You the the, uh, the options are almost endless. Well, they're they're thirty or thirty two, whatever's in the <laughs> NFL. Uh, so not not quite endless, but uh, I'm going to offer that up to sweeten the package. If you win, and you take me. I will, for life, commit to being a fan of whatever team you make me go see. I, I will do that. He's now, not speaking I
0: mean, to me now. He's speaking to you out there no, in podcast. I'm speaking
1: life. to you, the listener. You, the listener. I,
0: I would not give the teaser any God. sway over my fandom. Fansfirstsports.com. All right. Enough football. <laughs> Excuse me. So you. we are uh, back to baseball. Back to baseball. Well, uh, before we get to baseball let's get to uh the uh, fat fold firearms fiasco uh, oh yeah now yeah is, nobody has any idea whether it came from inside or outside the stadium some experts uh, they brought in all kinds of experts now some are saying yeah it could have been from outside the stadium and the other expert goes no way in hell it came from outside the stadium and had enough velocity left to cut exactly to its leg like that so anyway, this was you know, a this was old. a bad week
1: for ballpark security. This was a bad yeah. week for ballpark security. Between the White Sox gun incident and Ronald Acuña Jr. being tackled by fans and security in the outfield in Denver, this is this was
0: not a showcase uh, week for ballpark heavy fans, security. These fans were not a, we're not attacking him in an aggressive fashion. Well, well the first guy, first guy definitely
1: yeah, first guy was trying to get a selfie, and it actually looked like Acuna Jr. was going to take the selfie with him, which I guess is <laughs> kind of what you have to do until security gets there. Otherwise, you're arguing with a random stranger about a selfie in the middle of center field in Denver. Uh, the second guy who came up, who Acuna stiff-armed, was coming in a little too hot. A little too hot for my liking. But yeah, the well, White Sox not fiasco. Good i would hope not i would hope these weren't sober decisions uh the white Sox gun fiasco is just an absolute you know this whole year has been a level of embarrassing that we honestly i don't think even foresaw uh and this is just the icing on the cake you got two people who get shot in a game you don't pause the game at all to try to figure this out and then You discover, then people start saying, oh, it comes from outside the park, which, of course, just adds to the rhetoric about Chicago in the worst way. And I was also extremely skeptical of that theory from the start because of the velocity issue you said. You know, it's not like you can shoot straight into the ballpark. So that thing was going to have to go up and come back down. Possible? Maybe possible. Probable? Absolutely not. So then you get to the belly fat fold theory, which is very intriguing. I'm sure well,
0: you, you go to it, 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 is, it. Even if it's totally, absolutely false, the one woman, the one who was more seriously injured, has gotten a lawyer, which is interesting. Uh, and the lawyer says, "No, she did not. There's no way." And the cops say, "No, there's no gun residue on her on her clothes." So uh and it, <laughs> right really the thing is nobody knows now as far as evacuating the park most of the experts now who are finally coming they're saying nah, that they did they made the right decision well you don't want uh, to evacuate the park but the fact that there was
1: no pause or seemingly thorough check-in on these two shot people in the stands i mean obviously if one theory is it's coming from outside the park you don't want to evacuate the park Uh, but I will say, I, I realize that the lady is claiming that this didn't happen and she's got a lawyer, but let's be real. If you did sneak a gun into a major league ballpark in your belly fat, are you going to fess up? Are you gonna be honest about that? You know, you're facing jail time. Most likely you discharged a firearm illegally in a major league baseball stadium. You know, it's, it's not looking good. You probably don't want to admit to it right away. I, I'm excited to find out where this goes. I have no clue what the actual answer is <laughs> no. going to be.
0: I'm not buying the. I, I, I the love. Park I theory. mean, I love. I love the belly fat full theory just because it's. I, it's I fun. do too. I <laughs> do too. <I'm, laughs> I mean, apparently it's it's going by the wayside because they they've checked out all of the women involved were all teachers, Chicago public school teachers hmm. uh, and
1: that makes they, me they, doubt they, the they,
0: that makes me doubt the theory then a little more they're they they found them all coming into the park because the original story said she set off the uh alarms uh going through the metal detector three times and then they said ah, okay uh, but they showed all of them and none of them ever were stopped or questioned or set off anything going through uh, the alarm oh, right. Ah. Speaking of alarms, apparently we have 25 fire engines on our street here. Well, I i mean, it, it is now sounding
1: like the belly fat theory could be bogus. But how did it happen then? And, of course, they haven't <laughs> retrieved a weapon, right? So
0: if she had the weapon, you would they're, find they're the They're still in the process, and I don't understand why they're still in the process of analyzing the bullet. An ATF has come in to help. I believe Chicago PD should be able to go. Well, that's from a twenty-two uh, or a forty-five. It. it I don't.
1: I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, ballistics—they can trace it to the exact gun these days. But
0: uh, oh, wow,
1: this is going to be a real a mystery. This is a real mystery. Uh, I have no clue. Do you have a? Do you have a third theory? We have outside the ballpark. I, we have belly fat.
0: I how about it wasn't really a bullet. Mm. They uh, don't have the bullet? Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> well, your theory is squashed.
1: Your that theory's dead
0: in the water. I, of I, course, I now, like... had a plate of helmet nachos or not a plate, a helmet of nachos and bit down on a really really hot jalapeno. Okay. Which blew a tooth out of her mouth which shot wow. that through her thigh and into her calf. So and that's nacho, why that's why they have an analyzed it. I hear you on
1: the Nacho tooth theory. A lot of people believe that's what happened to JFK as well. Uh, but we've had a lot of a lot of science around that that says that the the heat from the jalapeno cannot eject a tooth from the body. At a bullet level speed. So I'm not saying your theory's wrong. I'm just saying I'm going to put it in with the outside the ballpark and belly fat gun theory. I have no other theories. I mean, where the heck did this thing come from? I <laughs> I, I guess it must have come from outside. Now I'm like, I'm, my mind is just boggled. Because now I'm like, well, she didn't have a weapon. And obviously the Nacho 2 theory is weak at best. Then I guess it did come from outside the ballpark, but how? And how to the point where it would puncture but, someone? But it could be at
0: a, secure, sec, a security guard. I'm wondering. Security guard. Security, I mean, security was one guard. Of the early theories with a security guard accidentally uh, firing at him. But yeah. you know what? Gunshots make a lot of noise. Yeah, a lot of noise, and somebody should have heard that. And that, and I did watch and it did the not video occur of the during time that the White Sox hit a home run. Right.
1: Which they have been doing a lot of lately. But I I did watch the video like slowed down broken down video of the section when it happened. And there does not appear to be uh, you see people kind of look around a little but it doesn't seem to be in reaction to any kind of no. noise. It just
0: seems to be in reaction to
1: whatever she is saying
0: or doing. She's because she was she was shouting. Yeah, that's what they said. And that's what they reacted. to. Nobody heard anything. The one woman who ended up with a bullet in her. Uh, the hoodie, the hood of her hoodie, which was wrapped around her waist. Which is really weird, incidentally, uh, said she heard kind of a whooshy thing and a ping uh which i don't even know why wait she's it claiming she
1: heard the, the bullet she's claiming she heard the the flight of the bullet this just gets better and well, better she could <laughs> this just gets better and <laughs> well, better. So, of- no no but the whoosh the whoosh implies that she heard the bullet flying through the air then pinging and then somehow landing in her hoodie, or it hit a belt buckle or something and landed in the hoodie tied around her waist. This is the mystery of the ages. I I realize that I shouldn't be advertising for another podcast on our podcast, but whatever podcast gets made about figuring out where this bullet came from, I am there. I am there for all eight episodes. (laughs) Let's go. We got to take our break, though, because we got to come back and talk about our new general manager. Baseball. Baseball. We're (laughs) all very excited about Hey, you know the White Sox. If the White Sox are going to give these gifts, we got to acknowledge them on the podcast. You know, it's not every day you get a, a belly fat gun theory. Uh, so, hang in there. We'll be right back on Sharing Socks. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We talked waiver wire and misplaced bullets in the first half, uh, as well as a little uh, football talk. If you're looking for an opportunity to attend opening week of football, uh, go back and listen to part one. And here are very improvised pitch uh, on how you can do that what's that what's that uh, email or what's that uh, website again one more time
0: we're going to give them a, an extra freebie announcement contest.fansfirstsports.com
1: there you go contest.fansfirstsports.com you know and
0: that was actually was appropriate that you did that because the word fans first was in there and i don't mean this for for the ad Fans first is something that owners of professional baseball and basketball and football et cetera teams, hockey teams, sports teams, they say that fans come first, don't they? Don't they think fans they first? Do. They do. Well, not with the Chicago White Sox. No, we no, are a we're fans not last the
1: fans organization. Last. No fans, we scorn fans last. Fans last. Which brings us to our uh, apparently we are fine with being as mediocre or worse as anybody can be in our new general manager Chris Getz, who I vaguely remember as a player when I was attending games at a younger age. Uh, Chris Getz is well, well, now the well, guy as a player running the White I'd Sox. Like to
0: point this out because there was some talk about about well he's been a player, so that's that's important. I think even Steve Stone mentioned that. Talking on the on the score this morning, I, I got his interview in the middle. Seven years, Chris gets amassed. How many more do you think? How many uh, people I, I think? I'm going
1: to go negative point
0: three. You are, you are such a horrible person. It was a positive one point four. Hey, that's not that's not bad. That's not bad. I mean it's not good, but I, I said negative. Means, and it, it means it means that he was never never in seven years better than triple A player, but he gets to wear a major league uniform. So. Hey,
1: I have I have never for one year been better than a triple A player. So that is quite the achievement. Congrats, Mr. Gats. I actually I have a But you didn't per- get
0: the general manager's job either. I know. Or even interviewed. I, a,
1: I bet I have a close personal connection with a podcast friend of ours for the Chris Getz story, which is uh, Eric Lachlan, who's been a, a guest on the podcast a couple times. He used to wear a Chris Getz jersey to every single White Sox game. He bought it on the discount rack after the season in the little you know Chicago Sports Depot up attached to the stadium. I think he got this jersey for two bucks, something like that. I used to razz him like crazy because he every year he's out there supporting chris Getz, even though gets hadn't even been on the team for for years so you know we get this big news this morning i have a text from him you're not going to believe it man i lost the chris Getz jersey so when chris <laughs> gets when he could finally have the most relevant piece of memorabilia in white sox stadium he does not have it anymore. It is just a heartbreaking end to a, a really devoted Getz fandom. I, I would guess he is Getz's fan, only fan, the only one. Uh, and,
0: it's mom, probably.
1: Yeah, outside of the family. Um, so, yeah, the, the bottom line here is we have Chris Getz now as our general manager. Um,
0: After so, seven years of total, absolute, complete, unmitigated failure, running the minor leagues
1: yeah so we are going to bring that style up to the major leagues which we had actually already been doing so it it kind of is a perfect fit if you think about how he was doing in the minors and how we were doing in the majors there's a lot of crossover there there's a lot of crossover in just really
0: really bad baseball so maybe maybe he is the guy Paul Sullivan's uh column which was just written before we went on was essentially saying well I guess they like what's been going on, you know. That's essentially we get to maintain the status quo, yay for yeah. us. Uh, I think Brian release says that uh, Gets is going to bring a lot of excitement to the team. Uh, yeah, how?
1: How? <laughs> how is how is Chris Getz taking that job, bringing excitement to the team? And when is that excitement going to come? Because it can't come right now. So what what excitement are we referring to? Because I think for Chris Getz to be able to cause excitement, he would have to have an owner that's willing to spend money on players and fan experience, and I don't believe Mr. Getz has been afforded that luxury, uh, as, as far as I can tell, with our Andrew Ben being the biggest contract in White Sox history. I, I don't see us going out for Shohei in uh, Chris Getz's first term as general manager.
0: Uh, Or anyone else, really. One of the things that the the guys on the score were talking about this morning, that happened here while I was in the car. uh, Guys and girls on on, on the score, uh, because Leo was in there too. Um, It's not the money for the play. Well, it is the money for the players, of course. But it's the money for the whole system. Talking about how these other teams have double, triple, quadruple the analytics, the scouting. The everything that you need to be good at figuring out what players to take and how to develop players, which obviously gets has done. Absolutely. No player development. I don't know. We just don't develop players at all in in our farm system. There's a reason uh, I just looked at the farm system ratings. I think we were came in 26th, even after selling off half our (laughs) pitching staff to get prospects. Um, Wow. Wow. That is really bad.
1: Because we were, you know, twenty seventh or twenty eighth, and now we're up to twenty sixth. Yeah.
0: maybe 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 it was we were twenty sixth and then we moved up to twenty second or twenty but at any rate we are mm-hmm. way down there after just so. massing bodies. Uh including some seem like pretty good ones. Um uh, and then they, then then I saw some well, yeah, but look at all the players that have come up like Giolito. Giolito was in the majors before the White Sox got him. He'd already pitched for Boston. Right. Or for Washington. Um, well, for Washington. Moncada yeah. had made a couple games for Boston. Uh, these were not guys who were being brought in at, at the rookie league level and, and coming up through the ranks. Some of them were Cease was pretty low, for example, and, and did come up. But, uh, Cease, our ace, uh, I mean, our ace
1: with a five-point-something ERA. Yeah, we really developed Cease well as well. We developed him to um, make him great and then somehow tore him apart uh, in in one quick swoop. Yeah, I don't understand I the Getz thing I, at all. At all. I don't understand the Getz thing oh, at all. I can tell you, I mean, I can it's, tell easy. you
0: exactly it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. But what it is more than easy is Jerry Reinsdorf is an absolute control freak. Yeah. And he found one person we could put in there who will never, ever, Ever do anything but kiss his ass. Yeah. Uh, now, they obviously didn't even look outside the system. All of the guys on the score were saying, why didn't they at least, yeah, you don't hire James Click maybe, but don't you talk to him and say, you know, James, what would you be looking for? What, what would she be doing? What should be changing? And they're saying the, the same thing. Go to Theo Epstein. No way. Theo Epstein's coming here to work with. Talk to Theo. Get some expertise about. And how also, be you doing. don't. You don't know that they wouldn't come there. That's the thing. You don't well, know, know until you them. ask no, these I, guys. I, no, I don't think any self respecting person with a job of even close to general manager above would come. And uh, I mean, sure. it came with, you look back at the Great Fall hiring, apparently, it was largely because he said, Oh, you want to name the lineup? Okay. Because Ozzy talked about that. When they, they talked to him, they, they, they said, well, uh, what if we want to name what the lineup? <laughs> he said, I'm "Yours." That's not going to happen. Yeah, and any other self-respecting guy would say the same thing. And that, no, it's <laughs> it's just so incredible. Yes, would somebody come? I I think if it was a huge promotion, so if it's you know somebody three layers down in Tampa Bay or or L.A. the Dodgers, wherever. Yeah, it's a huge promotion. You're going to get paid seven figures. Uh, you give it a shot for a year, and then you go, well, I'm done with this. Uh, I can but, almost guarantee you, yeah. though, Chris Getz is going
1: to be, if he's not the lowest, one of the lowest paid GMs in all of baseball. Because you know that he is also, that is part of the reason as well. You you don't get Chris Getz because you got to pay him a lot. You get Chris Getz because it's easy, you can control him, and you don't have to pay him. I mean, I'm sure he's making decent money. Of course, he's GM of a a Major League Baseball team. But there's no way Reinsdorf was shelling out, you know, Cashman, Epstein, Click kind of money for Chris Getz. I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf is the cheapest man alive. And he is doing whatever he can to not have to spend any money to make this team better. How long do you think Getz is going to stay in this position?
0: Well, I think Getz will stay in this position. Uh, As we go through the Jerry Reinsdorf into his 90s, shaking down the people, the politicians, the people indirectly through the politicians of Illinois and Chicago to get hundreds of million dollars to watch straight into his pocket to get a new or completely rebuilt stadium. Uh, So that the worst the team is, I look at the situation in Oakland, right? John Fisher. John Fisher is as horrible a human being as Jerry Reinsdorf. True, true. And. well, if you destroy the team and you tear it down to absolutely nothing, so nobody cares, well, then you go to Nashville. Yeah, and Nashville yeah. gives you a, a billion dollars. I don't know why it's only worth two point two billion. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, this is this is. I I don't know if this is the beginning of the end or or what it is, but this is just pathetic. I mean, it is truly, truly pathetic. You are—we are making all the moves, you know. With obviously, you and I were fans of getting rid of, of Han and Williams on the thought that maybe he'd be, they'd be replaced by someone who knows what they're doing. Then you bring in Chris Getz, you bring in back Larusa in whatever capacity. Uh, we've we've got a terrible <laughs> farm system. We've got an ace who can't pitch. Really, uh, we have a couple. Good players, one great player, and I don't see a time in the near future where this is a competitive team at all. I I just no, don't. I, I
0: I had I had great hopes until really fairly recently of 2025. No hopes for next next year. That's gone. But 2025. I'm giving up on that now. Oh, we haven't even mentioned okay. no Nate more than they haven't had the press conference yet, but presumably he's being brought in at some special title capacity uh, who knows what
1: uh, and
0: and why So that's why the Kansas, they- Kansas City connection again and Getz was at Kansas City as, as yeah. both as a player and as, as an executive before he came to the suck why you're the fourth worst team in Major League Baseball why to get your people from manager to general manager to whatever the other title is going to be do you go to the third worst team <laughs> I League? don't know
1: I don't know. That's what I mean. I'm like, is this just the beginning of the end of the franchise? Cause you go out and you just fill the white Sox with Royals who are the only, you know, one of two teams, three teams is more pathetic. Uh, but at least the Royals are kind of in a rebuild and have some guys who might be interesting in the future. Um, this is all so, so perplexing. So perplexing. It's going to be a disaster. they are, Twenty twenty four is out of the question. I think we are at least a fourth place in the division team in twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty five, I think we're a fourth place in the division team. Twenty twenty six is not
0: out of the question. Right.
1: I I mean, if the Royals do improve,
0: Kansas City has some good young guys, and Bobby Witt Jr. is finally living up to years of hype he's having and and
1: detroit is building in a much more interesting way than we are they're they're a little behind but they're you know getting there i think last year is or next year is absolutely a last place year for us i i just don't see a world where we are better than last place in the division um i i think we're still going to be better than oakland wherever they're playing but i think that's going to be pretty much it uh It's a real bummer. Anyway, we are out of time. Do you have any final thoughts before we uh, send our audience off into their new world of Chris Getz?
0: Well, I I checked with a poet friend of mine and he said, don't place your bets on success with Chris Getz. Oh, okay. (laughs) Was the
1: cough part of it? Probably not. But it kind of feels appropriate yeah, <laughs> don't place your bets on success with Chris Getz. You heard it here first from a famous poet who's probably known as the Geezer uh, or Sox Santa, if you know him from a past life. Uh, but that is all the time we have White Sox fans hang in there. Someday things will be better. <laughs> And that's really all I can tell you at this point. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next time on Sharing Socks.